0: I'll be reading from uh, Matthew uh, from from New International Version, the updated version uh, edition of that, Um, and you can follow along on the screen or with your own Bible. Let us read. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what, you are, what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 6. Talking about prayer now, the Lord says, But whenever you pray, go into your room. And shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. 17. Concerning fasting. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. May the Lord add his blessing upon the reading of his Word show-and-tell is just about the the happiest thing a child could do, or even adults, to be able to uh, share the joy of what we know and share the joy of what we've discovered and share the joy of telling people what we're becoming good at. There's nothing wrong with show-and-tell. I remember when I was... uh, uh, a teenager I remember uh, when I became a student of the martial arts and um, I got good at it pretty fast. I remember progressing you know um, down or up upwards I should say um, from white belt to... Another color of bell, I forget what. I think it was something like purple or something like that. And then, and then you keep progressing and progressing and I'm getting good at it. And, and I needed to just tell someone that I'm really becoming good at this, at this uh, martial arts and um, in the, in the art of wadokai karate. And so I really didn't have a whole lot of people to show my skills uh, uh, to. And so I remember um, now and then I would go to the park just when I knew that there would be a lot of people there jogging or stretching or... um, Where was I? Okay, all right. In the park, showing off my... My, you know, my uh, my kicks and my katas and, and not my kumites, just my katas and you know, doing this and that and you know, it feels good to to share with people what you know and and the same thing happened to me as well when I when I started taking up the classical guitar and I was about 14 years old. I remember when I first started to, uh, started uh, learning and at first I was you know I I taught myself I was self taught and then I took on lessons with uh, an ex expert, somebody who is very good at it, and I even went and, and had a teacher uh, at, the, at San, Diego State Acad- uh, San Diego State University, not academy, university, and I, I remember the joy of being able to crunch those, you know, the, the arpeggios or the scales and be able to start playing beautiful pieces of music that I'd never been able to play before, and I just wanted to be able to show people what I'm starting to get good at. There's everything good about that. There's nothing wrong with it. But there's a serious risk to that, especially as we become better and better at being Christians. And our Lord Jesus Christ warns us when things not only makes sense up here, but starting to make sense with our hands and you know, with our feet, with our mouths, with our lives, and we're getting good at being Christians, at being at being disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, of course, it makes sense to tell others. You know, we're excited about what we are becoming, and to, not to not to say about where we've been and what kind of person we were prior to becoming a disciple of our Lord, Jesus Christ. And yet Jesus Christ warns us that as we become better at being His disciples, there are dangers and there are serious risks to our religious experience. Jesus spends an entire chapter, as a matter of fact, if, if you come to think of it, He spends uh, the, the entirety of the, of, of, of the Sermon on the Mount on the Mount, but here in, 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 in chapter 6, we find that Jesus Christ spends almost an entire chapter to warn us of the danger of becoming better Christians, becoming good at the spiritual practices, becoming good at uh, being pious, and our piety is being, becoming known outside of, our, of ourselves and of our, of our immediate circle. So Jesus, Jesus warns us, and and, and he, he means to protect us from uh, not not from people necessarily, he wants to protect us from ourselves. So here Jesus in, in Matthew chapter six touches on three foundational uh, foundational um, areas of our piety, of our religiosity, of our of our uh, of our spirituality. And he, he gives us the foundation, uh, the, well, not only these three foundation, but foundations, but you know, the dangers that are attendant to becoming good at all three of them. Or better at it. And so we find the foundation, the three foundations of our spirituality are here mentioned. The first of them is uh, the foundation of our social piety, our social religiosity. Which is, the first thing that happens to a Christian when the Christian becomes increasingly more like Jesus Christ is that person starts to become more generous. Has that been your experience? And we start to give more of what's been given us to us. And Jesus Christ begins with this one when he says in verse 2, So when you give alms, Do not sound a trumpet before you or as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. Why shouldn't we be trumpeting the fact that we are becoming generous? Don't we want people to know how generous we are becoming? We are finally, finally discovered the joy of giving, the joy of returning tithes, our tithes and our offerings, and of, of not just sharing of, of, of the abundance of God's mercies on us and through our finances, but also of our time. I see a lot of people from, from, from this, uh, our, our church is, is known for its generosity. All we have to do is look around. If you're here On any given Monday or Tuesday and sometimes Thursday, you will see two of our um, amazing um, social outreach to the community at work with no fanfare, just doing their tasks and and run entirely by, uh, by, by you, by volunteers who are not paid a penny for their generosity. And we find that um, this is what our Lord addresses. First of all, when we become more and more generous, there is a danger to our generosity. The foundation of our our social piety is that generosity, to be able to share what we have, to be able to share share, uh, ourselves to others freely, is an indication that the Spirit of God is starting to work in us and through us. But he says that the danger is there. And he warns us, and I don't want us to objectify all Pharisees as though all Pharisees were like this, but he warns us ahead in chapter 5, verse 20, when he says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus Christ is warning us, and He tells us precisely what the problem is when it comes to our piety, when it comes to our religiosity as Christians who take our faith in Jesus Christ very, very seriously. And that is that we would seek to practice our righteousness, our righteous deeds, so that they can be seen by others. And he says that the reward, the reward will be far less than the approval of our Father in heaven. Why shouldn't we trumpet our generosity to others? Why shouldn't we do that? And the answer our Lord gives us, is sobering because he says, in, in the last part of verse, of verse 2, he says, um, he says, truly I tell you that they have received their reward. That is to say that if we trumpet our generosity for whatever good reasons there might be, we find that all the reward we get is what we intended to get. Or what we intended to, uh, 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 to uh, what we intended behind our telling people about our own generosity and how much better we are becoming, how much generous we are becoming, how much more generous we're becoming as Christians. He says that what your heart's um, motivation is, it becomes. Your own reward. It's a sobering thought. But he doesn't stop there. When Jesus Christ uh, goes on in in, in verse um, 4 and and, and tells us, um, you know, why shouldn't we be trumpeting our generosity? Well, because, you know, we are in danger to our own selves. He tells us not only to, you know, to refrain or to do everything we can to, to keep our generosity in, in secret as much as we're able to keep it secret from others. He tells us to keep it secret from ourselves. Now, that's, that's very hard to do, isn't it? Take a look at what Jesus says in verse 4, reading again that verse, and he gives us really two reasons in that verse as to why we should protect ourselves from ourselves. Patting ourselves in the back, perhaps. Reminding ourselves, you know, that we're becoming a better person, more generous person in the Lord. He says, listen to what it says in verse 4, the first part of verse 4. There are two reasons there, and we're going to go through that. But the first reason is this. He says, so that your alms may be done in secret. That is to say, it is not enough it is not enough for our, for our, you know, for our good deeds, for our piety, to be kept away from the, uh, from, from public view. It must also be kept from our own selfish view. If it is to keep the motives of our hearts pure, our generosity, to be truly, truly pure, must be kept secret from people. And also, from ourselves, because the only, the only um, motivation that God accepts is a motivation that is centered in Him. Take a look at what it says in the second part of verse four, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So this pattern is repeated. This pattern is repeated not only in this, uh, in, in this most basic expression of our social piety, of our religiosity, our generosity. Jesus Christ repeats this three times or three times uh, through. He's going to repeat it again in, in another area, in another area of our spirituality, which really is um, the, the, perhaps the, the, the best indication that we are becoming uh, a better as Christians our prayer life. We're getting good at it, we're praying more, and our, our prayer is not just a, you know, a ceaseless, a ceaseless uh, 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 session of, can I have this, would you please, you know, and, and this and that. Um, prayer is, if, if generosity is, is the foundation of our social piety, then, then a prayer is the foundation of our spirituality itself. Our ability to be able to communicate to God. And to express to him our desires. And to, and, and to be able to listen to him and let him express to us his desires for us. One of the critiques of um, ascetism. Uh, in, the, in, the early, in early Christianity, this, is, this happened around uh, perhaps the beginning of 2nd or 3rd century AD, and, and, and the growth of ascetism uh, and mysticism within the, within the church, within the larger Christian church of the day, was that those people that are getting pious, those people that are getting more and more spiritual, are getting more and more proud of the fact that they are getting spiritual. You've heard of the excesses perhaps or you've read about, about that, that one ascetic who, who lived his entire life or you know, some 20-30 years um, living on top of a pillar never com- coming down to earth and, and he would you know and and, uh, and uh, the story goes that this ascetic this this ascetic basically lived there the rest of his life until the, you know the ascetic died for a period of over 20 25 years to demonstrate how pious he has become it is possible to keep things in secret and still so be proud about keeping it in secret this is why our lord tells us that we need to be careful as well so that our spirituality does not become our own downfall. And here in this prayer, that the same, the same uh, principle applies that if we wear, so to speak, our, our spirituality on our sleeves in order to be known or to show it to others, then that itself becomes its reward. And it is a far less it is a reward that is, that is far less than what God intends for you and me. Listen to what uh, our, our Lord be, says, becomes to a prayer that, you know, that, that, that is for show. It says, it becomes in verse 7, it says, When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as, as Gentiles, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Prayer becomes a manipulation of God rather than a true interfacing with God in the privacy of our own hearts and in the privacy of our own room. That is the context in which our Lord gives us his prayer. When he says the prayer that is completely given to God is a prayer where where the will of God is completely sought after. That is what God wants us to be in the privacy of our own room. Praying in the privacy of our own room, and then he gives us uh, the third area of our spirituality that is often susceptible, especially to us, to us Adventist Christians, um, because this is, this is one really that I think that we can be susceptible in uh, at uh, um, sometimes uh, misunderstanding, and it is that part of our spirituality that is the foundation of our bodily spirituality, how we treat our body. Fasting uh, is, is seen by, you know, by different Christians in many different ways. Um, uh, there's of course the, 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 um, the, the regular uh, fasting which is abstaining from certain food at a certain period of time or even uh, water or drink for a certain period of time. Um, and, and I must confess that I I became good at this uh, for a while in in my Christian Christian walk. I remember I remember very distinctly and um and and how how clear the mind gets when you've been fasting for several days, and uh, when you pray, you you know there, I remember that one time when I was praying, and I don't even remember it, precisely what the prayer was about, but I remember hearing. Of you know something that was almost as clear as somebody speaking to me in person, after I had been fasting for four days. And it's very easy to um, to consider ourselves to be you know to be a lot holier than we had been when you start experiencing these things when you, ex- when, you when we um, when we uh, become better uh, at at these spiritual disciplines such as fasting. As Adventists, we have our own way of fasting, which I believe is better than the ordinary kind of fasting. We stay away from certain things, not just for a time, but always. Leviticus 11 is a good thing. When we, you know, when we stay away from, from those unclean foods, we're really fasting f- from them because we know that it, th- those are harmful to us. And we are also uh, fasting or staying away from a lot of other things. And then we even have not just, you know, our, our, our bodily spirituality is centered, not just in avoidance of certain things, fasting, which is really, uh, uh, you know, being a vegetarian is, a, is, is also a form of fasting. It's a, it's a far better form of fasting than the normal fasting that we usually hear about that is done by many Christians certain part of the year, abstaining from food and this and that. It's a lot healthier to be vegetarian. But this kind of uh, spirituality and, 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 you know, the, our bodily spirituality is something that is obviously something that is very, very good. And I would highly encourage that everybody, um, you know, um, in, engage in this kind of fasting, which we Adventists Uh, On the whole, we we even have a a phrase for this. Um, And we call it the right arm of the gospel. The health message. That is the bedrock of our, as Adventist Christians, that is the bedrock of our bodily spirituality. We understand and we, we take the words of Scripture to be correct. And we take it to heart when, when Paul says in 1, in 1 Corinthians that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that because it is the temple of the Holy Spirit, we want to take care of it. And we take it very seriously. But Sometimes we forget about the reasons why we do that. As I was sharing with, uh, with my wife this week about... Uh, About this, and and, and she mentions to me a a a conversation she had uh, with 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 someone that she's uh, uh, um, someone at at work. No names uh, mentioned, of course. And how she was trying to describe to this person that our the fact that you know she's she's been a vegetarian all her life. She's Actually, she's 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 tried to take. I remember when when we were uh, we were before the kids came along, and and um, she tried to take those uh, pills, those those uh, um, fish pills, and and then all it took was she burnt once, and she said, "Oh, I will never take that again." She spent the whole day trying to lose that smell. In her, you know, in, in her system and, and that, that taste. And I was never able to convince her to, uh, you know, to be around my, you know, my fish, much less eat them. Uh, and, and so, um, but the foundation of our bodily spirituality is this. Right. But if we are to, as according to our Lord, if we are to, uh, to make our righteousness be or exceed that of the Pharisees, then we must take care not only to hide these things or, or to, to make sure that, they're not, that we're not doing them in order to be seen by others. We need to also pay, pay attention to our heart's motivation before God. Let's take a look at what it says in verse, uh, verse 16 through 18. And whenever you fast, do not look somber like the hypocrites, for they mark their faces to show others that they are fasting. They Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And by the way, you may add to that, will reward you in secret. Why does he say that? Because matters of piety and religiosity really only matters most when it is between you and your God. And you know the beautiful thing about this is that the more you seek to hide your spirituality or your piety in this way, the more it shows in a beautiful kind of way. It just becomes, you just exude that without, you don't have to even tell people about it. You, people will notice what's different about you. And they will want to know why you exude this beautiful character when you have allowed yourself to not be bothered by spirituality, that is, for show. My wife said to this patient of hers, she says, that her being a vegetarian all her life has only partly to, 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 to do with being healthy. It's for be, she wants to be healthy for a reason, and she says to him, to this person, she says, I want to be healthy so that I can help you better. And helping you better that I will be able to glorify God in the process. That is the message of our Adventist lifestyle. I was um, um, recalling the history behind how the message of Adventist health and, you know, how the Lord gave us, graciously gave us this right arm of the gospel. And That was in the context back in the days in the early 1840s, 1850s, when our ministers and our workers were dying young because of their because of their um, their lifestyle uh, left uh, much to be desired. Eating, you know, the, their eating habits were were horrendous, and, and back in those days, uh, you know, the um, and still true today. As a matter of fact, um, the uh, the curse of, of of processed food, and they were dying young. And so that that was the uh, that was the, uh, the, the the basic context behind behind that. And so Sister White and 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 our, and our pioneers, you know, kept praying, "What can we do about this? What can, how can we how can we serve longer, Lord?" And then the Lord graciously gave us this message through Ellen White's vision. And I remember when that vision was given in 1863, and that comprehensive vision of health reform was given to the church in a, at a day and age when health reform was nowhere near where it is now. The world has caught up a lot since. They know a lot, of, a lot about vegetarianism now too. Did you know that there are more vegetarians in the United States than there are Adventists combined in the whole, in the whole North America several times over? And yet the reason for that for the lord giving us the health reform message it's not simply so that our bodily spirituality can be enhanced it's for a reason is to be able to share the faith that we have better and longer but there is a catch and the catch is this as we engage in any and all of these spiritual practices the one thing that we must remember at all times is that every single spiritual practice, whether it is fasting, whether it is health reform, the new start, whatever it is, prayer, almsgiving, generosity, whatever it is, and there's so many different things that we can engage in in our piety as Christians, the one thing that we need to remember is this: that every single spiritual exercise every single spiritual discipline is preparatory to meeting God. Which means that none of these things in and of themselves can make us better than we are. What makes us better is the experience of the presence of God as a result of of, of doing these, these things. So in other words, our righteousness does not depend on how well we give on how, how, how much better prayer life is necessarily and how well we can fast. It all depends on whether or not in the exercise of these things, every time we are meeting with God. And God is transforming us not only through our hands and our feet and our mouths, but most especially in our hearts. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, what the heart desires, the heart gets. Motivation is its own reward. And if your motivation is only to be known through the exercise of your spirituality, then that's all the reward you'll ever get. But if your motivation is to please God, and to do it in secret with him, then the reward you get is God himself. Broadcast fully in your heart, and from your heart to your hands, to your feet, to your mouth, to all parts of your body, and people will know what's different about you. Not because you're trumpeting it, but because God is trumpeting it through your character. Matthew chapter 6 is such a, a beautiful chapter to, to meditate on. And not just in the first 18 verses, but all the way as we, as we, you know, as we uh, learn to trust God. That as we become better Christians, better at doing everything, we must trust God. That when we keep those things in secret, God has his way of making people notice That we've been with Jesus Christ. And we can rest assured that when we do that, we will be noticed in different ways, much better than we can ever hope and imagine. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for the warnings that you do want us to be better Christians but in a way that it's accepting to you Father God help us to grow in you and with you in the private places where we exercise our faith and allow our faith to be broadcast to the world not by our own selves but by your spirit that, may be, that, may, that we may witness for you in powerful ways beyond what we can imagine. This is our prayer for ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen.